Summer Students Podcast. My name is JT Stead, and I'm your host. I'm also the student outreach pastor here at Redeemer Church, and it is a privilege and a joy and an honor and a, any other synonyms? I don't know, to continue the series of Theology 101 with you. So we've been walking through the Westminster Shorter Catechism, and if you don't know uh, or haven't read much church history, I just want to want to give you some church history. I know I've done this on a few other of the podcasts, but... Uh, you shouldn't be afraid of the word catechism. All that is is it's an ancient form of teaching um, people uh, specific truths. And so the way that they would do this is by asking a question, and then following the question would be a precise, clear answer. Now, in according to the Westminster Shorter Catechism, it's a Protestant Reformed uh, catechism. So their answers are not just based on man's thoughts or man's convictions, but really they are found and wrought out of the Word of God. And so this catechism was taught to young children in Reformed churches for decades. It still is taught, and uh, it, it's it's something that we can glean from as well. We want to learn what the Bible teaches. And so we have been on this journey. We're finally getting into question 80 and the 10th command. We've been in the moral law. Remember, the moral law shows us God's character. Ultimately, the moral law of God in the Ten Commandments has three functions, three uses so John Calvin famously wrote his three his um, essay on the three uses of the law. The first use the law has is a pedagogical use, which means it's a big word. I know. It means that it acts as a mirror. It shows us our sin. It shows us that we do not line up. And so ultimately, it shows us our need for a Savior. So when we measure up, we stand next to the law, the Ten Commandments, we see our failures, we see our sin. The second use is called the civil use of the law. The civil use uh, means that it uh, restrains in, in the civil sphere of life, that is, in the kingdom of man, the city of man, that is, the, uh, the, the world, uh, politics, policy, law, Governments in this life, the moral law of God written on the heart of every single believer, because we're made, not just believer, every single person made in God's image, the law of God is written on, on their heart, and the civil use teaches us that the law restrains people from sin. It keeps people from sin. And so when you see a do not trespass sign, there is a restraining that that law does to us. It keeps us from trespassing because we know that there is consequences. Well, the moral law does the same for us. That's the civil use. Um, and that's why it applies to politics. It applies to law and policy, to government to political science, and that's why even as Christians we need to understand God's moral law because then we know uh, what not only what is pleasing to God, but then how to love our neighbor. So the first use is, is that it's a mirror. The second is that it is a restraint. And then the third use of the law is specifically for believers only, and that is uh, the third use of the law, which is it is a guide to us believers as to what is pleasing to God, how we should live our lives now as covenant children, now as those who have been adopted and justified into his family. How do we live? What is pleasing to God? God's moral law teaches us. And so it's a mirror, shows us our sin. It's a restraint, keeps us from sin. And then third, it is a guide. It is our compass. So let's learn then what is pleasing to God in the 10th 
command, the 10th command. So question 79, what is the 10th commandment? The 10th commandment is, coming out of Exodus 20, 17, you shall not covet your neighbor's house, you shall not covet your neighbor's wife, or his manservant, or his maidservant, his ox, or his donkey, or anything which belongs to your neighbor. So this has to do with the heart. It's really interesting if you look at all nine commands, or, or at least all the commands in the second table of the law, uh, question, uh, uh, commands five through ten. Five through nine all have to do with outward actions, right? Uh, honoring your father and mother. Um, they These are all things that you could outward manifest. I haven't murdered. I haven't slept with anyone that's not my wife. I have not stolen, right? People could look at your life outwardly, and you could say, look, I'm, I'm obeying, right? That's what happened to the, to the rich young ruler. He comes to Jesus, and he says, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus says, um, have you obeyed the commandments? And he said, yes, for my youth. And he says, there's one thing that you lack. Go and sell all that you have. And Jesus is really poking on the 10th commandment here, on coveting, because the other commands, he, he, he could say, I've been worshiping God and God alone. I go to church. You see me do that. I've been doing it in the right way. That's command two. I have not taken the Lord's name in vain. I have not missed a, uh, a worship, Sabbath, right? I have honored my father and mother, at least outwardly. I've um, not lied or bear false, false witness. I've not murdered, committed adultery. I've not stolen. So people, this is the Pharisees, they look great on the outside, um, but really on the inside, the heart of the matter, they are dead before God. And this is what is so interesting about this 10th commandment is it's the only one that really, not the only one, but it, it really focuses in on the desire of the heart. The 10th commandment um, has to do with coveting, has to do with the inward desires. It's something that you don't see, right? But it's what we have. Oh, man, this is this is this this just brings all the other commands into um, in, in, into light. Um, so that if you think that you have obeyed the nine out of ten, you come to this one and all of us fail. So how? What is required of this law for us? What is required and what is forbidden? So question eighty. What is required in the tenth commandment? The tenth commandment requires full contentment, contentment with our own condition and a right and charitable attitude toward our neighbor and all that is his. Okay, so first, it requires us to have full contentment of, with our own condition. 1 Timothy 6.6, 6, But godliness with contentment is great gain. So contentment is something the Lord desires. Hebrews 13.5, Keep your life free from the love of money and be content with what you have, for he has said, I will never leave you or forsake you. Philippians 4.11, not that I'm speaking of being in need, for I've learned in whatever situation I am to be content. Psalm 34.1, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. I will praise at all times. He's content. He's satisfied. There's nothing that is lacking in his heart. But we know as sinners, man, isn't this where desire starts? We murder because... There's something that was taken from us. There's there's anger because we don't have control over something. We commit adultery because we're not content with our wives, right? We dishonor our father and mother because we're not content with their rule. Uh, we we steal from someone else because we're not content with what we have. This is <laughs> this is the heart of all of it. I hope that you're seeing that right now, even as I'm just remembering preaching on this a while ago. This is the tenth commandment: full contentment of our own condition. 
And then it also means to have a right and charitable attitude towards our neighbor and all that is his. A right and charitable attitude toward our neighbor and all that is his. Luke 15, 6, 9, and 11 through 32. Man, I can't read all this. Um, let's see. And when he comes... Oh, okay, this is the, the prodigal son, I think. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and his neighbors, saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep um, that was lost. And when he found it, he she calls together her friends and neighbors, saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found the coin um, that I had lost. Okay, so he, here's what it's getting at. Uh, here's what the reformers are getting at by quoting this verse, is we are to have a right and charitable attitude toward our neighbor and all that is his. So in these two instances, a woman lost a coin and a man lost his sheep, but he finds the sheep and she finds the coin. And then she rejoices not only with herself, but with all that are, all of her friends. And so that is the attitude that we are to have when someone gains something. Um, we're not to be jealous, right, of what they what they have or what they have found, but we're to rejoice with them. We're to work for their good. Romans twelve fifteen. rejoice with those who rejoice, weep with those who weep. Philippians 2, 4, let us look out for not only his own interests, but also for the interests of others. This is what is required in the 10th commandment. Man, even that last verse, let us look out for not only our own interests, but for the interests of others. How much of our day is spent thinking of the interests of others? For those of you that are married listening to this, how many, how much of your thoughts are thinking about what you can get out of your wife or the things that she could do for you rather than what you are to do for her, right? For those of you that are single, how much are you looking after your own plan, your own will, your own dreams, your own vision rather than God's word, rather than what God has called you to do, rather than your neighbor around you? Like there's, there's so much we could go into this, right? And so this is what is required in the 10th commandment. It's full contentment with our own condition, full contentment with our singleness, full contentment with our marriage, full contentment with our financial status, full contentment with where God has us in life, full contentment with what state we're living in, full contentment with where we're at in sports and in school, all these things. Are we content? And are we? do we have a right and charitable attitude toward our neighbor and all that is his? Or are we constantly jealous and bitter and resentful because they have things that we don't have? So, what is forbidden then in the 10th commandment? What is forbidden? The 10th commandment forbids all discontent with our own state. 1 Corinthians 10.10 Do not grumble, as some of them did, and they were destroyed by the destroyer. The 10th commandment forbids all discontent with our own state. James 3.14-16 But if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast and be false to the truth. This is not wisdom that comes from above, but it's earthly, unspiritual, unspiritual, demonic. For where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there will be disorder and every vile practice. So if you see disorder and vile practices, that could be traced back to discontentment, to this command, to breaking it. So the Ten Command forbids all discontent with our own state, envying and grieving at the good of our neighbor. Envying and grieving at the good of our neighbor, together with all ungoverned longings and desires for things that belong to him. Wow. Galatians 5, 26. Let us not be become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. 
We are to seek to please God in everything we do. Covetousness comes from not being satisfied with what God has given us and anxiously and eagerly seeking to get more however we can, even though we may stop short of actual theft. Envy and jealousy, sinful wishes, desires, and motives, constant complaining, these are sins which need God's forgiveness. This is the Tenth Commandment. This is what God requires of us and forbids of us in this Tenth Command. Man, I don't know about you, but that's convicting. And as a believer, I, I want to train my heart to be fully satisfied in Christ. I want to be able to rejoice with my neighbor when I see him pull up with a better car than me, when I see him with better skills, right, with, with making more money, with more knowledge, with uh, better talents, whatever it is, when I see my neighbor, when I see my friend that is succeeding in life, I want my heart to rejoice with them. I want my heart to be so satisfied in Christ that whatever happens, election night coming up, that whatever happens, it doesn't matter because I am so sold out on my creator. I am good. I am in his hands. I am satisfied in him. He, he has provided everything for me. This is the heart of one who follows the Ten Commandments. And this is what we're called to do. This is what's pleasing to God is to be satisfied with God and not to covet our neighbor's house, our neighbor's wife, his things, that his manservant, maidservant. That means he had wealth, his ox or his donkey. That was the ancient version of a car. I mean, or things, right? Anything which belongs to your neighbor. This is the heart. This is, this is what's pleasing to God. I don't know about you, but that's a convicting message, and I hope that from this we can learn and adjust and repent and turn to the Lord and see how we can then be satisfied in Him. He has provided everything, especially in Jesus Christ, who died on the cross for our sins. He provided our greatest need, so we can be content in Him. Well, thanks so much for listening to Theology 101. We're done with the moral law. And so let's get to the final stage of the Westminster Shorter Catechism. We're almost done with this. It's awesome. I I pray that this series has been a blessing to you. And if you want more information about our church, go to RedeemerRockford.Church. We'd love to see you on a Sunday. We'd love to see you on a Wednesday night. Thanks so much for listening. I hope you're encouraged. Uh, Continue to seek the Lord and, and to please Him in all that you do. 